0: The last few weeks, we've been uh, wrestling with some stuff that, I believe, stuff that leaves people kind of shuffling through life. We've been talking about that zombie-esque type existence, the, the walking dead. And I have been very encouraged by conversations and emails, people that have decided to take a stand and are saying, no more walking dead. No more walking dead. And um, it's been a, incredibly uh, responsive to God's Word. Listening to the Holy Spirit's prompting and people that are actually not just saying it, but trying to take some stuff on by reevaluating, making some adjustments, setting goals, and uh, taking care of stuff that probably needed to be taken care of and addressed uh, for a long time. You know, I believe it's a step toward living the abundant life that Jesus Christ promised all of his followers. We've talked about this every week, this verse, kind of the cornerstone of the series, but Jesus said, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come in order that you might have life, life in all of its what? Fullness. It seemed fitting today, as we close this series out, that I want to delete a word from our vocabulary. It is a word that I believe leaves people walking dead in their lives, and that's apathy. We've all seen uh, those advertisements, the before and after comparison, and when you watch that kind of thing, there are times you look and you go, wow, that's hard to believe the difference. But sometimes, I think, when we see that before and after story, I think it speaks to us at a much deeper level. We, we look at that before, and inside we go, that's me. And, and for some, there is that moment, that, that moment of awareness, where we begin to think, if it worked for them... Maybe, just maybe, it'll work for me. Now, this is whether you're trying to lose weight or get in shape, improve your marriage, your career. Maybe you're you're taking on a, a financial challenge or taking on your schedule or your spiritual life. But what happens is it's a defining moment. I need to change my life. I need to change this or that. You realize you're in a tough spot. You realize all of a sudden there's a better way. There's a better day. You realize that things are not the way that they could be. And so you wake up. You wake up inside and you make a decision that you're going to come alive in that area of your life. You know, you start putting some solutions on the table implementing a game plan. And it seems like that would be just the natural progression that you would take when you have a problem. And I know some of you are thinking, well, that's just common sense. If a person has a problem, if they'd wake up, face the problem, think of some solutions, implement that stuff, you can work through it. But here's the reality many times. People don't do that. I have talked to people often who are the walking dead in a particular area. They're numb inside. They, they realize that there's an emptiness, that, it, that it's a problem. These are people that will complain about it. They will blame people, blame their parents, blame God, blame the government, blame the the company that they work with, blame their spouse or their kids. But I'm amazed how many people will not lift a finger to change the situation. There is no manifestation of initiative, they're just like frozen inside. Apathy rules. And that inactivity is kind of tragically emphasized in our society by a very misguided philosophy. And it goes something like this. If I stay in the present position, things will get better. Somehow, some way, someday, I will just drift into a better set of circumstances. And there seems to be a mantra of this person that I'm describing that someday my ship will come in. Someday the the credit card company will forgive all the debt. Someday my marriage will all of a sudden, it'll just improve. Someday my metabolism will increase to the point that it burns off all the fat. Someday... I will quit playing games, and I will really follow God. You name it, there is a slogan for it. Here's my question, what's yours? What's your slogan? Wake me up inside. Where do you need to wake up in your life? If you hope that someday you can go, that was me before, but this is me today. See, I believe you've got to overcome a big hurdle, and it's a thing called apathy. You've got to wake up inside. Do you, do you know what the Bible calls someday people? The book of Proverbs uses two words, sluggard, lazy bones. Those are great terms, aren't they? They're very endearing. The writer of, of Proverbs, he's trying to wake us up when he talks on the topic so that he wants us to understand and recognize when apathy rules and when that happens, we start becoming those sluggards. We become those lazy bones. And one of the first signs of apathy in life, you start postponing your responsibilities. You're frozen inside. And you don't do what needs to be done. Scripture says it this way. You sleep a little, you take a nap. Not during the service, by the way. You fold your hands, lie down to rest, so you will be as poor as if you'd been what? Robbed. You will have as little as if you'd been held up. I'll do it later. I'll do it when I feel like it. When it's more convenient That mentality, friends, that's apathy kicking in. It will steal your life. It will rock you to sleep. Wake up. You know, when I was a a kid, uh, I would be playing basketball or some game or watching TV, and my mom, she'd cruise by and she'd go, Damon, take the trash out. That was one of my chores. I was supposed to do it every day. And I'd go, next commercial, mom. When, when I get done with the game, if my dad was anywhere near in earshot of that conversation, he would go, Damon, do it now. Inside, he aggravated me. Anybody attest to that? Seriously, I'd get just aggravated. I'd take the garbage out. Editorial left out. (laughs) Here's the deal. My dad understood and he knew that if I fell into a pattern of postponing responsibility, that it would be very difficult to break. And my dad was determined that he was going to keep me off that path. My dad, as I look back on it, was addressing a very core concept that makes life work and work well. Do it now. Wake me up inside. I mean, what have you been putting off? What do you need to do now? Not tomorrow, what do you need to do now? The second sign of apathy, that you're sliding into that pattern of laziness. We don't like that word, lazy, do we? But you begin to make excuses. Life full of challenges. Anybody got challenges today? I mean, apathy will lull you to sleep. It will steal your life. It will steal your joy. So what happens instead of praying and asking God to give us the energy, give us the creativity, give us the discipline or the initiative to face whatever the challenge is, instead, some like to complain and blame. You know, I'm going to find an excuse for not facing the challenge. I mean, that's what's going on. I'm going to get out of this somehow. I like with Proverbs, it says, don't be so lazy that you say, if I go to work, a lion will eat me. (laughs) When apathy sets in in your life, you develop a very vivid imagination. And friends, I'll be honest, when I listen to some of the excuses for why we don't tackle the challenges in life, for why we don't deal with this or that, why, why we don't face whatever it is we need to face, I'll be honest with you, they're almost as absurd as that. Well, I can't do this. I can't do that. I might get eaten by a lion. Really? I mean, unless you're at the St. Louis Zoo. I mean, but I think sometimes we're like that. You know, when you, when you start making excuses for your lack of performance or your diligence, when you shift from, this is trouble, this is a problem, and you start making excuses, when you allow apathy to set in, what happens is, eventually, whatever the thing is, it deteriorates and becomes worse. In fact... The writer of Proverbs is very graphic in in this. He says, some people are too lazy to lift a hand to feed themselves. I'm guessing some of you are reading that right now. And you're thinking, what in the world does this topic have to do with me? True? I mean, you're looking around you, and you go, people at Faith Fellowship... Predominantly, we're more like the energizer bunny, aren't we? We're, we're all busy. We're not lazy. And I would agree with you. Generally, as I look at our congregation, we are a high energy group of people. That's not my concern today. It's not universal inactivity, it's not across the board laziness. It's selective laziness, certain area or areas of life. It's carefully constructed compartments where we have made a decision to be lazy, and apathy reigns in life. You know it's the, the dad that sets sales records at work, shoots a 76 out on the golf course but he fails miserably to nourish the emotional needs of his wife and kids. You know, it's the mom who is working and on the job front, she's pouring it out. On the home front, she's pouring it out. But she's neglecting her relationship with God. I'll do it someday, but not today. You know, it's men and women that started a pattern of overspending. And in their mind, they know it's a problem, but they go, someday, I'll straighten this out, someday I'll get a budget, and someday never comes. You know, it's the faith fellowship attender that they hear a message, and they go, you know what, I do not want to be a lukewarm Christian anymore. I want to grow in my faith. And the next week, It comes and goes. And there's no pattern change. I mean, not anything that would lead to anything but a lukewarm life. Wake me up. Wake me up inside. Bring me to life. Selective laziness is deadly. Most of us are motivated in most areas. And here's what I think happens when you're motivated in most areas. We let ourselves off the hook. Some of you, right now, I'm disturbing you. You're going, for crying out loud, Damon, I am energetic. You know, I am taking initiative in nine out of ten areas. Is it enough? Come on. I mean, what do you want, perfection from me? Friends, I I was talking to a dad not long ago about some laziness in his life. And it really had to do with getting up and being in church, being here consistently, making sure his kid is in the zone. And, you know, the guy's laziness for him, I mean, that's his deal, but it was affecting his family. And I caught him, and we've got to be pretty good friends, and I'm like... Look, I don't want to tell you how to live, but you have a son. I said, this is where he's going to learn about God. This is where he's going to learn how to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is where he's going to create Christian friendships. I said, you need to make sure you're here every week. And he he kind of pushed back. I work hard. You know, I travel through the week. I help my neighbors. I do stuff in the community. What he was saying was, ease up, pastor. He was kind of doing the 9 out of 10 deal with me. And I just said, this one's serious. See, the 10th one can be serious. You know, get lazy in another area. This one might affect your son's eternity. See, the 10th one could be the one that takes you out. While back, actually a couple of years ago, um, I was talking to a guy, and it was the anniversary of his father's death. And um, his dad was energetic, highly motivated guy. I would guess if most people that knew him would say he was almost invincible. This guy owned. He started businesses. He was very, very good at it. He was a devoted Christian. He was a great father and a husband. Disciplined in every area but one. And that had to do with exercise and diet. Horrible. Off the chart on it. Died of a fatal heart attack at 51. Nine out of ten. But the tenth one mattered. Most of us look at each other and we're going, you know what? We're doing pretty good. We are sufficiently motivated With this or that. But the fact is, if you peel back the veneer, you usually can spot the area where you're not being diligent. Again, it only takes one area. Wake me up. Wake me up inside. So here's what I want to do. I want to stretch us this morning. And it's going to be a little risky, but I believe we can handle this. And I'm going to ask you, according to the abilities God's given you, according to where you are in your spiritual development, to just surrender yourself to God. Surrender yourself to the Holy Spirit, that voice that gets in your head once in a while, that prompting. And if the Holy Spirit, as we're talking about an area, goes, you know what? You're putting plenty of work into that area. Chill out. It's okay then if that's the prompting you get, you can tune me out for a little bit. Just relax. But, if the area, the Holy Spirit prompts, not false guilt, by the way, but real prompting of God's Spirit, that says, wake up on this one. Take some initiative, take some steps. It's time to come alive. It's time to address this area of your life And move ahead, then here's what I want to encourage you to do: to do some more assessing this week on that area, and then do something about it. Do something about it. So I'll lift up an area, let God speak to you, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Deal? We good on this? All right, first area: relationships. I mean, it might be your marriage, it might be as a parent to your kids might be a friendship. Maybe it's a relationship with a coworker or your boss or an employee. Maybe it's a dating relationship. See, the Bible says that one of the greatest legacies that we can leave is a legacy of love. One of the greatest gifts that we can give one another is to love one another and care for one another. I don't know if you've figured this out, but in life... We bump into each other a lot, don't we? We bruise each other. I mean, is that true? Anybody attest to that? Life's tough sometimes. You get hurt a little bit. All of a sudden, you want a little distance, a little resentment. And pretty soon, those feelings, they're just there. Inside, we think, you know, I ought to do something to resolve this. I ought to talk to them and try and make it better. But that's a hassle. It's a hassle. It takes a lot of work. For some of you, this is the area God wants to wake you up. For some of you, this is the area of selective laziness. The fact is, you go, I give up on relationships easy. You know, I get lazy in this area. Don't do what I need to do. Don't make the sacrifices I need to make. I don't pick up the phone and make the call. I won't even walk across the room and extend a hand and just say, hey, can, can we work this out? Because it takes work. And right now, some of you, the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, everything's fine. You're good. You're good on this. And for some of you, you've already identified that thing. And the Holy Spirit's saying, wake up. Need to take some initiative here. You know, the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 12, says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with what? Everyone. Everyone. Really? Everyone? Have you met people? I mean, but Paul says, with everyone, as much as you can. In other words, if there's someone that you need to make peace with, take initiative. Now, if you go and you take initiative and they throw it back in your face or they don't respond, then it's their problem, not yours. You know, a few years ago, um, a friend he was uh, having going through some tough stuff in his marriage and it was falling apart. And I remember talking with him and he uh, told me, he said, It's too much work, Damon. It's just too much work. And they got a divorce. It was several years later. We were having coffee or something and talking. And I remember him saying to me, he said, I realize now I gave up on the most important relationship in my life. I wish I had never done that. I wish I could do it over It just kind of rings, doesn't it? He woke up, but it was too late at that point. Friends, at the core, at the core, the issue there had to do with initiative. Wake me up. Wake me up inside. You know, for some of you, you're being prompted in this area. If you're being prompted to take initiative, maybe go to counseling, maybe to go to that person and just say, I'm sorry. You know, to go and say, I'm putting a higher priority on my marriage. I'm putting a higher priority on being a parent and engaging with my kids. You know, I don't know. But here's what I do know, friends. When you assess your relationships... It becomes really clear to you. I mean, you know, where do you need to wake up? You know, when you get lazy in this area, I guarantee you, you have relational strife or just a relationship that should be a relationship, but it really isn't. We just put a facade up. It drains you. Stress increases, tension rises it will rob you of joy. It will rob you. Relationship disharmony, it leaves you dead inside. Wake me up, wake me up. Here's the second area. How about the area of the workplace? A A lot of us are highly motivated in the workplace. And so for some of you, the Holy Spirit right now is going, you're okay on this one. In fact, you need to dial it down a little bit maybe. But others, the Holy Spirit's going, wake up on this. You know, the Apostle Paul writes this. He says, in all the work you're doing, work the best you can. Work as if you were doing it for the Lord, not for people. I mean, are you working at your absolute best? Whatever it is you do. Do you do it to the best of your ability? And I'm not talking about just... The expenditure of energy here. I'm asking you this, are you displaying the highest level of character? Whatever you do, would people say, wow, their character's awesome, off the chart? You know, are you demonstrating genuine concern for the people that you work with or work for or people that work for you? You know, are you setting the standard in your company? You know, when it comes to ethics and honesty and love and conscientiousness and dependability. Do you always, always work at your peak as if you were working for God? See, that changes things, doesn't it? Well, of course, if I was working for God, I'd do a better job do the better job then. As if God was your boss, because he is. And I know how this goes. If you've been at the same job for a while, really easy to develop bad habits. It is really easy, because you know the ins and outs, to figure out how to do the bare minimum. You learn the shortcuts, It's easy to get involved in a little destructive chatter, undermine the company, undermine the boss, stir up a little dissension. Friends, if the Holy Spirit's prompting you, here's where you need to wake up. Here's where you need to show a little more diligence, then take the steps you need to with that. Here's another area. How about physical bodies? And I know this is a a touchy topic. It's a painful topic. There's a very sobering passage. Uh, Paul writes, he says, God paid a very high price to make you his. He gave his son for us. So honor God with your body. Honor God with your body. I mean, what's that mean? Friends, our body is a creation of God. God designed us. We are God's holy temple. We are to honor God by what we put in our bodies. We're to honor God by what we do with our bodies, how we exercise our bodies, how we rest our bodies. Again, how is the Holy Spirit prompting in in this particular area in your life? Some of you need to wake up. Some of you need to start or stop making excuses In fact, I know right now some of you are getting upset because we've been talking about it. But friends, some of you are killing yourselves. You're killing yourselves by what you're putting in your body. The fact that you don't exercise. The fact that you're not getting your proper rest. Some of you, by what you're doing with your body, you are grieving God. You know, the Holy Spirit's whispering, wake up on this. Honor God in this area. Here's what I know. When you make those shifts in life, all of a sudden you, you realize things can change. You, all of a sudden you, you realize your self-esteem is lifted. You discover new energy in your life. You feel better about yourself. You feel better about God. Wake me up. Some of you, that's the area where there needs to be some diligence. How about the area of finances? And again, th- this is an area I think, uh, particularly in our country, we've just gotten lazy. We spent a whole session on on this, so I'm I'm going to hit this real quick. But if you weren't here for that session, and this is a session that uh, or an area that kind of hits hits a chord, you might go back and listen to the message on that. But here's the quick hit in. It doesn't matter if you have a very little or you have a lot. It's easy to get lazy in this area. For instance, let's say you just have a little. I think what happens inside, you go, I don't know why I should get all heated up about how I deal with my money because I don't have that much to manage. It doesn't really matter. And here's the twisted thinking in it. If you only have a little you really ought to be a really good steward and get that area addressed. Give it extra attention, extra initiative. If you're on the opposite end of that continuum and you have a lot, I think it's equally easy to be lazy because the thought pattern goes, hey, I've I've got plenty. I can afford to be a little careless. And friends, you need to remember how we manage our money is an indicator of our maturity. You know, how how we spend it, how we save it, how we give it. You know, this is a stewardship issue. It's a spiritual issue. Now, Jesus said it it this way. He says, whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with very much. See, there's there's a tie there. How are you managing it? You know, is that an area that needs some diligence in your life? Here's another area, your relationship with God. You know, Jesus tells a story about a guy that he got all caught up in the marketplace. He was very diligent there, worked well. This guy was full throttle, very successful. And along the way, the Holy Spirit was prompting him, wake up. Wake up. You need to develop your spiritual life. You need to work on this. But this guy didn't want to take any energy away from the marketplace. He was about making deals. And about the time that he decided that mm, probably ought to pursue a relationship with God, along comes the mother of all deals. Inside, I believe, he was hearing, you better wake up. You better pursue God before it's too late. But he, but he looked at the deal, and he goes after the deal. The scripture says he died that night. Friends, every one of us here has a certain amount of octane, energy, and time. Jesus was saying, not that it was wrong for, you know, being good in the marketplace is a good thing, but Jesus said he took almost his entire pool of energy and time and effort and put it into the marketplace, and he did well. I mean, he was rich, but he neglected the most important, and that was his relationship with God. And so scripture has this guy going into eternity, and he's poverty stricken. He's unready to face God because he got lazy in an era. Friends, wake up. Don't make that mistake in your life. You will regret it at some point in this life, and I guarantee you, you will regret it in eternity. You know, God created the the heavens and the earth, and, and he watched in the garden as men and women just messed it up with sin and he looked at the world and God does what for the world I mean he looks at it it's a mess it says for God so loved the world that he what gave his only son that everyone who believed in him may not perish but have eternal life see God sees the situation God's not apathetic. God didn't sit and go, mm, yeah, well, better have fun, figure out how to get out of this one. God didn't watch and go, yeah, let them go to hell, who cares? God took initiative. God looked at the situation, and God says, you know what, I'm gonna send my son to die for their sins. I'm gonna make it possible for them to be forgiven I am going to change eternity. I'm going to change their lives. You know, God made that shift. And friends, I'll tell you, I do not want to respond to God's love and God's initiative with like two cents worth of effort. In other words, I don't want to be a casual Christian. I don't want to live a lukewarm life. I want to be rich toward God. Wake me up. Wake me up inside. You know, there's a passage, uh, Malachi 1, be a good read this week, but the, the author is addressing, and God's addressing kind of a spiritual apathy. And when you read the passage... People were, were bringing their, their lambs to the altar to sacrifice. And it was just what they did in that day for forgiveness and to show, show their love. And so they're bringing these lambs. And God says, it ought to be the finest. It ought to be the prize lamb. It ought to be the healthiest. It ought to be the one that if you took it to auction, you'd get the most money for it. But in Malachi's day, he said what they were doing was bringing these lambs, these kind of second-rate lambs. It wasn't the best. It was kind of the loser lamb, the runt, the sick. They were so sick that they were dying on the way, and they had to run to get them there so that they wouldn't die, because you couldn't give a dead lamb, of course. And I think their reasoning was... Any lamb is better than no lamb at all. But I want you to look at what God said. God said, oh, that one of you should shut the temple door so that you will not light these useless fires on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord God Almighty. I will accept no offering from your hands. Just shut the doors. Be done with it. God says, no second-rate lambs, no no so-called sacrifice if it's not the best. Wake me up. Wake me up inside. God says, my name will be great among the nations for where the sun rises to where it sets in every place incense and pure offerings will be brought to me because my name will be great among the nations. Friends, I remember the first time I read this chapter, it rocked me. Because here's what I realized God wanted my best. And God actually deserved my best. And it changed the way that I would live my life. In other words, it changed. No longer was it okay for me to kind of throw God a bone once in a while or kind of half-heartedly serve or whatever. I realized if it wasn't my best, it wasn't an offering. In fact, as I read it, I realized if that's what I was going to do, I might as well not do it. See, when I serve, when I give, When I live, when I do anything, anything, because the apostle Paul later would talk about our work as our worship, our bodies we use to worship. He said, it's everything. When I do whatever, God expects my best. Less than my best in any area of life is an affront to God, And friends, this applies to everything, every area of life. It's all worship. It's all before God. God created me. God deserves my best. 95% is 5% short. Whatever area you want to talk about. And I know how this goes. Because we all look around, pick the area, and then we look and we go, well, Joe, he, he's a 50% guy. <laughs> Got that beat. Carol, 75%er. I am way better than that. God must be thrilled with me. I mean, look at me. 95% commitment, any area. Unacceptable. in my marriage, 95% dad, 95% in my finances, 95% at work, it's blemished. It's short. Giving God less than your absolute best, I think, is an insult. God expects your best. God deserves your best. That's it. I think sooner or later, you have to deal with that. You have to make a choice. And today I'm just saying, wake up before it's too late. You know, make today the day. Some of you, you just need to lay it down and make Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life. Some of you need to give God everything, every area of your life and say, you know what, God, breathe life into me. Friends, it is the only way you're going to come alive it's the only way you're going to avoid living like this in whatever area of your life you're living like that. It is the only way you're going to experience the abundant life. I've had a lot of people catch me and go, I don't know about this abundant life thing. Here. Well, friends, you've got to get it all straight with God, every area, if you're going to start experiencing it. God will breathe life into your life. God will breathe life into what is dead. God will breathe life into that area where you are withering, where you are parched, where you are hurting, where you are short. And friends, if you're going to change whatever it is that God's pressing you to change if we're going to change our families, if we're going to change the workplace, our cities, our country, the world, it is with the power of God and it's with that spirit of initiative where God's people rise up and say, today is the day I'm making a change. It's when we give it all to God. In all areas, 10 out of 10, not 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10, not 95%, 100%. Friends, we can come alive. And I pray, I pray that we will. Now, here's how I want to close. We've talked about a lot of stuff through this series. And I know there have been topics opened up and people go, man, I'm, I'm walking dead in that area. And I need God's power. And it may be a big area, it may be a little bitty area, but here's what I want to do. If you've got an area where you go, I want God to breathe life into this, I just want you to stand up where you're at. I'm just going to pray for you. I'm not going to do anything to embarrass you. But if you've got an area, just stand up where you're at and we're going to have prayer. It's a testament to God to say, I'm done with this dead stuff. I want life. I want that abundant life. I want what you can do. I mean, only God can do it. Let's pray. Our Holy Spirit, we just um, ask that you move among us, and God. There are those standing right now. For some, it's it's wrecking their lives. Others, it's just an area that they're just ready to deal with. For some, it's it just seems dead. God, I pray your spirit would breathe life, that you would uh, rise, a, rise up among them and give strength to take whatever steps need to be made, to take charge of the things that we can take charge of. And God, I know for some, there, there's not a whole lot they can do. They need your, your power, your spirit, your movement. God, I just pray that um, today's the day that we turn the tide. Breathe life. God, there are many here today that uh, just sing your praises because you have breathed life. People have been reconciled. Marriages have been strengthened. Finances have been turned around. Jobs have been opened, doors, opportunities. God, I pray we'd always realize your hand at work in our lives. God, I just um, pray that uh, when we walk out of here, we walk out with a spirit that says, no more walking dead, God. Give us your power and your strength this day. It's in Christ's holy name we pray and God's people said no more walking dead I want you to walk out of here some point today just say no more I want to live I want to live that abundant life that Christ promised us Let, let's join together